Hello and welcome to another episode of the Engaged Podcast. I'm Jamie. I'm Simon. And today we're doing part two of our species of the fiendishly fun Ferengi. And look, to be honest, guys, we kind of got forced into this because as the rule of acquisition says of 45 and 95, expand or die. Yeah, I thought that was a nice addition to the beginning <laughs> of it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, we're a bit obviously here with part two because obviously in part one we covered makeup, uh, Ferengi physiology and the role of women. Uh, and this time we're going to be covering all the other stuff that we kind of missed. So more about their kind of society and culture, government, military maybe. Yeah, we might be doing another 84, position 85 again. <laughs> so it might be another additional one because we'll, before we got going, we looked at notes and James going, yeah, we didn't covered loads well we did we did we covered a fair bit but I mean the thing about this these notes with the rest of it is that they are quite short they're not like massive like pages and pages no but I think there's lots you can dig from it yeah Mm, so um, we'll see how far we get and we'll decide at the end if if we want to and if we need to do another part of this but there's a few touch points that I want to deal with from the last one because if you remember the last one, because we can't remember that so long ago, that was like six months ago, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, about that. Something like that, I can't I can't. You know, but we don't know. Probably, probably four or five. five I think, yeah. yeah, I think about four or five months ago. So I wanted to touch on 20th century humans, which was interesting. And then I also had a thought after we did last one that really spoke to me. That was That kind of worked into all the stuff I was talking about before they found profit hmm. so I will touch on my theory about the profits because I think that's interesting they're kind hmm. of meddling bloody profits <laughs> causing havoc uh, you'll be glad to know Jamie has already found the notes for 20th century humans we did that before we got going because do you remember the whole fact last time yeah where's that note I didn't have that note down where are you looking I don't know I think it kind of went both ways a bit because I think yeah. a couple of times you struggled with less it's fine so yeah <clears throat> It has often been suggested that the Ferengi are, in fact, when it's Star Trek's representatives of 20th and 23rd century humans. For example, Ursa and Urba... Yeah, it is Ursa and Urba, isn't it? Yeah. Remarked to me, the Ferengi are even more than Urba and other closest to 20th century human beings on the show. They're us. They have the energy of 20th century human beings. They have the drive. They have the greed. Uh, They have the sense of self that we do. You can't trust them until you can trust them. Once you understand them, they're quite wonderful. And like us, they're constantly rising above their limitations. And what, what more can you ask for? Um, in addition, Burr commented to me, the Fringes are 20th, 23rd century human beings. You know, they have the all the drive and the needs, success, the greed, self-interest, the good and the bad of us. Uh, he also said to me, the Fringi are 20th century human beings, that what they are... And to me, that means they are deeply flawed, but deeply energising and energising characters. Similarly, Robert Hewitt Wolf stated, Fringe are us, that's the gag. The Fringe are humans, they're more human than humans on, on Star Trek because they're so screwed up, now so dysfunctional. They're regular people, and that was the fun of it. Obviously, the characterisation is taken to extreme, and sometimes even more into cartoons, but the best cartoons are also us. Do you want to read the end of it, Jamie? Because I yep. feel like um, I'm kind of... Wolf also said, quite simply, 
Um, in the Star Trek universe, the Ferengi are the most human people out there because the human people are in the Star Trek universe and are much more evolved than we are. The Ferengi aren't. Um, the intention? Uh, the intention of making the Ferengi uh, analogous to modern-day humans filtered through to the actors. Moxquan Check commented, I always thought that the Ferengi on the show are the closest thing to 20th century human beings because they're greedy. Um, Jeffrey Combs offered, It's probably an examination of capitalism to its furthest, furthest degree. All these characters are sort of riffs on different aspects of our own psyche, so I suppose the Ferengi are that. Whether it encompasses the entire 20th century, I'm not so sure about that. Um, Armin Schumann believed that the Ferengi were metaphorical for humans in general. Um, and Gene Roddenberry, even he thought, it, it originally inventing the species, Schumann thought, uh, like Gene Roddenberry did when he was involved in originally inventing the species, Schumann thought of the Ferengi as the rob- robber barons of the future. Um, oh, this bit, I, I see, I, it's quite, I quite like. The Ferengi are a number of those old Catholic seven deadly sins stuck together. By pointing out humanity's shortcoming, its nasty size and greedier size, we will learn to see how ugly that is and perhaps how to askew it in our lives. Um, is there anything more we want to read out from there? Or? No. no. No, so, yeah, I mean... I think... You know, I think, you know, watching the show, I think it's... You know, I, I love that kind of relatability to humanity. Like, Ferengi are like 20th century humans. I mean, that was the whole point of the creation of them. And I think... Um, and I, you know, I think actually what something that's just occurred to me is, you know, because obviously there's always there's always been this thing with the Federation in a way, or humanity, or even other species, kind of looking 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 at the Ferengi with disdain. There's always this kind of negative aspect that's attached to them, and I think with humanity, it's there because. It's it's not only that they're they're the complete opposite in terms of they're greedy, they treat their women like you know, like slaves and all that kind of stuff. It's the fact that um they're seeing a reflection of their past selves, effectively. What they used to be like. Yeah. You know. So you know, so I think in in a way you can look at like, humanity maybe looks at it as a negative thing of oh we used to be like this, you know, and then we're seeing and now we're kind of seeing this thing every day with the Ferengi. But then you could look at it as a positive thing of, well, yeah, that's what we used to be like, but now we've evolved and changed and grown as a society. So you could look at it as like a staple of how far hum- humans have actually come. With an influence Ferengi society. Yes. Because, from. Yeah. Because you see how Ferengi society is now changing as well by the end of season seven. said so women have got equal rights you know all that kind of thing and that earn profit so yeah but I know I'm glad you picked that out because so, I think that's a that's a really um, I think that's a really interesting um, kind of comparison yeah so so after the last one I had a bit of a revelation with the kind of old fringy society the way the prophets meddled with cultures so now I put down quite soon after we did the last one was profit, profit, profit motive, profits reset Zek to the old fringy ways before they became traders. So a time before Grand Nagus glint, similar to what they did to the Bajorans in the episode Ascension, um, taking uh, 
talking, you know, taking their species or cultures back to the past. So in both cases, they take them back to a prior point where they were a different way and yeah. going, why don't you try that again? That that worked quite well. We, we liked it back then. Hmm. But both times they failed. Hmm. Which is quite interesting because it's a bit like Quark going, what? He's gone do Lally, but maybe the thing, well, maybe the prophets are like, we liked you when you were generous and kind to people rather than the kind of... Well, did you, well in the prophet motive episode, you didn't see the Federation complaining about sex generosity, did you? So, <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was an interesting thing. There's the prophets, you know, for a race that aren't that group of times, well, they seem to find a way of... Meddling. Or, for, or altering. Or pasts. Yeah. Past societies bring bring them back up and go, hey, what about this? Try this again. Hmm. And they both really won't quack quack hoops because, you know, um, profit motive that didn't go well. Unfortunately, that was concentrated at the station. I don't think Zach did too much. No, no. But Ascension, oh my god, that just class systems and. Oh, the cast, yes. So, yeah, I thought that was a very interesting thing. We kind of, oh, no, we don't get time, but we get time well enough that we'll bring back this past concept and go, try it again, try it again. Mm. But lack of understanding that they completely screw up two societies in the the process. Yeah, so. Yeah, just an interesting thing that occurred to me, just kind of, they reset into time before Grand uh, grand Nagus. Yeah. Yeah. So... Are we going to go on to ri- r- rituals and traditions, Jamie? Uh, yeah, is that a bit further? Is that right at the front somewhere? Or well, in the first notes? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we could do. Um, here comes the rustling of paper. Uh, is it an actual title in your notes? Or is it just... Yeah. Must have missed that title. Would you want to start? Yeah, you know what? You know what? I'm just gonna yeah, I'm just gonna use your notes. Sorry. <laughs> um, Mal Ferengi were introduced to the world on their naming day, one of few the few Ferengi ceremonies that include a tradition of bestowing free gifts on someone. The Ferengi, the Ferengi attainment ceremony was a time in Ferengi tradition that an individual became old enough to make his own decisions. A young Ferengi who was about to embark on his first significant business opportunity might auction off personal items that had strong sentimental value in order to raise capital for his for his venture. So part of stone, see Nog, wasn't it as well going off to Starfleet Academy and Little Green Men. Um, Ferengi, Ferengi greeted one another by putting their wrists together, hands apart and fingers curled inward, equivalent to the old human customer shaking hands. On the other hand, when agreeing upon a deal, two Ferengi placed the back of one hand against that of the other and pulled it away to the side quickly, as if to signify mutual distrust and understanding. Um, do you want to just read this bit, these couple of bits here? Whatever, Jamie. Yeah. Um, a Ferengi uh, acting in some form of service or submission was commonly known to bow very slightly face up, making the same hand gesture used in greetings. The cultural connotations of displaying open hands were echoed again in the obscene gesture of a person waving empty hands above his head. A Ferengi entering another's home was required to pay an admission fee of one step of Latin per person. 
One was also signed to require a, sign a waiver acknowledging responsibility in the event that something went missing following one's visit. A traditional greeting in such situations had the Ferengi welcomed the visitor to his home and reminded him that my house is my house, to which the visitor replied, as are its contents. Uh, the Ferengi had a legal tradition called plea bargaining. If a Ferengi required something, especially of importance, that had been taken by another individual, the Ferengi could give something that the individual required and all to have their item returned. Uh, and it mentions about traditional Ferengi cuisine consisted largely of slugs, insects, grubs, and other creatures humans were called bugs. Many partook in the beetle snuff habits, not on a fine powder of dried beetles. However, only native beetles were considered edible and foreign off planet bugs were treated with disdain. So effectively, but so effectively in a way, the the Ferengi I'm forgetting they were always served on a lazy Susan. Yes. Again, I love that note. That the fascination of lazy Susans. I always seem to have them. What were you gonna say, Jerry? I was gonna say they're also really kind of drug addict, drug addicts or insect drug addicts, aren't they? Really snorting, you know, beetle snuff. <laughs> the thing is, that's you. Rainforests are like ninety percent insects, so they yeah. will, will be like that. Yeah. Insects heavy. Like there's yeah. not going to be that many. Yeah. There's like that's why there wasn't that many predators on their planet, which is why they got scared easily and whatever. Mm. So. Do you do you think? Oh, it's a fault. I've just had a. I've just had a. I've just had a fault. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I've just had a fault. Um, you got to find those notes, haven't you? Probably. Um, I've just a thought. So obviously, um, it rained a lot on Ferenganar, didn't it? Yes. So on well, one, that, that's one of my other notes I've realised. They're quite advanced, but they never got weather control net, which I found very weird. Mm. Right? I didn't quite go. Oh, that wasn't a thing. That's just a very good point, actually. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm wondering if like the conditions of the planet were kind of obviously because obviously you know bugs and stuff they love like like damp and don't they and all that kind of stuff so I'm wondering if like it's kind of the, what they eat is kind of the environment of the bugs or the food that they're eat is kind of analogous to kind of their weather conditions isn't it really well they had like 70 words for rain as well yeah a bit like England so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I need to find those notes I've no idea what those notes are but it's fine I know you've read them out so Unless there's some extra notes, because I know you sometimes for episodes, and it's fine. I don't no, mind. It's it is it's the same fringy. notes. So, yeah. the start, there's not any extra notes that you've, no. that you've found. Well, it probably it's isn't. Like four pages in the front, Jamie. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay. As ever, we have two different ways of doing it, so we kind of have to translate. That's all right. Probably. Um, um, according to tradition, traditional Fringi beliefs, the hammer represented sexual prowess. Actual sexual practices of Fringi were not well known, but Umak's manual simulation lobes was widely practiced and could be formed by non Fringi in accordance with their male dominated society. It was not unusual for Fringi to have female servants who would perform Umak's for him in public as a means of pleasure and to communicate that his status so by overly demonstrating that he could afford such luxuries. Um, appropriately for a materially obsessed species, the Fringi demonstrates interest in cosmetically enhanced by way of tooth sharpeners and surgical procedures such as lobe en enhancements to accompany the usual conspicuous displays of wealth. 
I mean, you know, it's safe to say, I think with the Ferengi, you got to, their ears have got to be, like, all their lobes. It's definitely got to be, like, probably their main erogenous zone, isn't it, I think, for pleasure. Yeah. Um, it is all very chauvinistic, isn't it? It's all very... Oh, yeah. It is, it's all very 80s, isn't it? Mm. You know, kind of flash cars and kind of dropping all their money out and, and doing the... Make it, I'm not doing the make it rain thing, aren't yeah. I? That's what I'm you can't see it, but I am, which is quite cool. No, <laughs> no money, but isn't it's that, isn't it's that whole kind of doesn't quite work well with Latin, though, does it? No, no, no. Um, should we talk a bit about their language? Yeah, yeah, language and rain by the sounds of it. Um, the Ferengi written language resembled a flow chart in appearance with 63 angles and texts most commonly emanating outward from a central hexagon the hexagon might remain fixed possibly denoting subject or tense as the text around it flowed branched expanded and changed because their home world had an extremely rainy climate the Ferengi had 178 different words for rain in all its various forms conversely there were no Ferengi words for crispy as the condition was largely unknown to him there is also Bizarre, a Ferengi code which used patterns of light and darkness the Ferengi generally pronounce the word humans as humans. There is exceptions to this, like Sobek, who addressed Jean-Luc Picard several times as human rather than human. But mainly due to makeup. Yeah. Um, yeah, you always, if you hear from like the production team or Mike and Dean's Akuda, who who always gets flummoxed, Jamie always gets flummoxed by the word Akuda, don't you? You always get flummoxed. It comes up in the... T- Research and you always get flummoxed by it. <laughs> what the hell was that word? So I always had to come in and say that you always hear that this, the language is always designed around the species, mm. and it's like it's very fascinating how they all have their unique look. I just thought um, about language, not just friendly but generally. So, obviously, the universal translator can you know when you're communicating with another species you know you, you know you, the universe translate for most of the languages that understands that language but do you think that also includes like a uh, language on displays and stuff like on a ship or is it just like a ver- verbal vocal. just a vocal thing i think yeah but that's where it gets a little bit sketchy because i don't know how that would work because you don't have screens or anything, do you? So I think there. So there's probably some sort of class at Starfleet Academy that probably teaches. Because in episode Measure Troy, it's kind of you've got Rucker going, I think this is so and so. I, I, I guess that? that's that. Yeah. Thing. There's yeah. a certain guesswork to it rather than kind of, oh, that says that thing. I'll press on that and do this and do mm. this. Like, oh, I think this is the warp thingy 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 thing. But. You would think maybe at Starfleet Academy there'd be some sort of class about languages. I yeah, I think we'd have. I think there are lean over linguistics. Ling, linguistics. Oh, linguistics. Yeah, yeah, that one. That Hoshi did. Yeah. I think that he must do. I think that must be one hundred one where it's kind of you got to do it. You got to yeah. do. You got to have some knowledge of alien languages. Always, you're like. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Always be like, yeah, I know English. Um, 
Yeah, because that's why I was asking Otherwise about... Otherwise you're 100% screwed, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, that's why I was asking about the Universal Translator, if it's just a vocal thing, or can it actually read like text or whatever on like a pad or a screen or something on, you know... I don't think so. So they... But... but possibly but I I just wondered I believe that I just wondered they're clever enough that they could know enough but well in my yeah I mean in my head probably not because as you said if Riker was trying to guess it because even now yeah kind of like Google Translate you have to put your phone up to the letter to the text for it to translate that way Hmm. so how would you do that with a combat where it's a bit yeah because I was there so yeah. But even with the Universal Translator, is do they hear the English form of it, or is it like? Who knows? Um, no, it's just like the occurred to me as we're reading through the language section on the Ferengi. Um, do uh, we want to talk a bit about their clothing? Yeah, we'll just keep going. Yeah, through your own way, we'll just um, keep going because it most of this just kind of reads quite naturally, and then there's a bit more we can do with government and whatnot, or we, can, or we can get it into two and do it next time mm. um, as I say I reckon it's going to be longer than you think it is probably the Ferengi uh, so this is clothing the Ferengi military personnel wore uniforms that underwent a major change in style between 2364 and 65 other Ferengi wore elaborately designed multi-layered suits many Ferengi males wore a headdress which consisted of a cloth wrapped around the back of the head the name and purpose of this item was unknown because you know that's helpful after Nog and Rom joined Starfleet and the Majora militia, respectively, they wore headdresses in materials and colours that matched their uniforms. But that was only... was That That wasn't all the time, though, was it? What, the headdressy thing? Yeah. That was only, like, season... Beginning of next gen. Yeah, I, I figured I figured it so. It went out the window by about season five-ish. Yeah. Well, particularly if they had no function or no known function that we know of, it's like... It's, um... Who is it? Who's... I think it's... Is it someone that we know, or or is it like a bum head so it's protected? Because it, because I'm thinking it kind of looks. Some ways it does look rude, doesn't it? The back mm. of the head. Yeah. So maybe it was just cover that so they don't. And you know the whole thing of like enterprise where it's like that species got upset with Pothos for weeing on a tree. <laughs> so surely you're going to get races that get upset by the back of their heads it's like we don't want to see that it's kind of Cover like, a, it up. like a visual kind of thing yeah yeah maybe so I think that's why mm. but it's yeah I kind of completely ignored half that because it's a bit like it changed in a year and it's a bit like who yeah. cares like you don't even mention how yeah um, on Deep Space Nine the Fringy costumes were designed by Robert Blackman I'm sure stated they were truly truly wonderful they were gorgeous to look at. They were funny, they were outrageous, and they were truly a marvel. The only problem was wearing them. They were great for everybody but me. They were made out of couch material and they were very hot. Another aspect of those fringe costumes that made them hot to wear was their multi-layered structure. It was Rob Blackman designed large smock outfits for the character of Ishka in most episodes. Uh, Blackman later ended up creating a new type of body shape for Fringe females in that installment involving pet suits. Fringy males are short and uh, all sort of pear shaped, and they always uh, accentuate their bellies with a paddy explained, so I thought that it would be fun to give Moogie and Lumba, because we can't, can't forget her, their 
Rubinus body with a padded bodysuit. Then we made both of them jump the jumpsuits of stretch velo floor to wear over the padding. Uh, of oh, typical. That's the only one I haven't noted down. Typical. I'm usually quite good at that. Frangy head uh, head wrap from an early TNG episode sold off on the It's a Wrap sale and auction on eBay, but I didn't put a price down. No, it was sold though on eBay for a certain price, but we don't know what it is. Usually, I'm pretty good with those. No, they are. It's fun. I might lick it up and might add that if we do come back to this. Um, as a friend, had no close woman Ishka like or adapted design she liked from other cultures or adapted male ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because you know, I, I totally forgot about the uh, the headdress kind of around their heads kind of thing. So, um, education was like three lines. <laughs> Ferengi education employed a work-study approach with apprenticeships in a wide range of business and economic fields. In other words, throwing students into the cutthroat competition of Ferengi commerce. Anyone who survived graduated. You know, there's a thought about Ferengi education. You know, I'm wondering like if there's like a like a test thing where like if you're not kind of greedy enough or something, they kind of No, because Rum got through. Remember the whole yeah. reason why he got divorced and yeah. he got Yeah. I wonder what I wonder what the kind of criteria would be then. Right like, maybe it's like kind of who makes up the most profit maybe? I don't know. When well, you think there'd be kind of basic tests like that, wouldn't you? Um I reckon it'd be um rules of acquisition centric. Yeah. Kind of memorising the rules of acquisition that kind would of be part of it. Yeah. And I think it I imagine it would just be not that I ever did it in school, but full on ec- economic economics, hmm. and then you had the other subjects just just there. So it'd be kind of nine percent economics, and then like ten percent everything, everything else. else just yeah. thrown in, like or you, you learn it all in primary school, and it's kind of centric economics by the time you get secondary school. Yeah, and things maybe just kind of. I don't know. Maybe it's just, I just, but yeah, I think you would get a few that slip through the net, like Rom, where it's a bit like he would do all the things and go through all the motions and kind of do enough to pass, hmm. but would ultimately get through and kind of be absolutely useless by the time. But again, it's the whole. Yeah, so <laughs> noisy out there today. Yeah, and and this is with our window, my window, and my room closed. Um. Is that the thing? Does did everything else come at, pay the price for their economics centric society? You know the whole thing of you know, oh, what was his name? Suspicions, Doctor Rager. Do- yeah, Doctor Rager. Yeah, Doctor Rager. Yeah, yeah. Where he's like, well, I don't want to be a respected scientist, but having a friendly scientist is kind of unheard of hmm. yeah so did it all come at detriment to every other aspect of Frank society hmm. to science to there's these strong willed men yeah. who I were know. like I'm going to be a, a scientist I'm going to be a so and so I'm going to yeah, be I a mean, doctor or... it's, it's like the kind of that kind of it's like an energy that equivalent of in um, Enterprise that Klingon doctors is oh yeah we, can, you know, we don't have much use for doctors that kind of thing 
Um, yeah, maybe. It's the Starship and his money approach, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you've got kind of Kardashians as a kind of spies. You've got everyone being every other person on Vader as a priest, mm. so to speak, and then kind of... And obviously with the Ferengi, it's... Uh... Every other... You know, he's a businessman. Mm. So you really have to... That was the thing. So you really have to make big things to stand out from the crowd because every other Tom, Dick and Harry is a businessman. Mm. So how do you stand out from the crowd? And it just so happened... Quote landed landed in the right place where he could have an aspect to um, begin trading gamma quadrant. Yeah, because I mean, you know, I think uh, you know, was it Quark always said that Rom just didn't have the lobes for business. But the thing is, Rom's talents lied elsewhere, as we now know. But the friendly society would not look at that favourably. No, no. So it was a bit like, oh well, you're you're no use to us. So that's well, that's why. Which is why he worked for Quark. All those years, yeah. Like, oh, you might. Oh, I hope you're out. Oh, you work for me. And he did, and it's like actually, it was. Wasn't it going on strike that made him have a career change? But mm. how many other friends are you gonna have mm. that influence to go and mm. do that? How many people on Fringy or Fringina are kind of? Mediocre yeah. businessmen that are just a bit crap. Because that that was that was that was a turning point, I think, for Rum, wasn't it? That. Well, so, I so, Rum's such a great character. Oh, yeah, and that's a really good episode as well. Well, associated. That I don't know how it's viewed generally. If it's seen as quite a favourable yeah, one I or think what. So. But I always quite liked it. Um, but yeah, I just I don't just bit that the education just and it's literally like a sentence. But I just again just had to think about, it, isn't it? Um. Right, we... let's just do Mirror Universe, get it done with, and then move on to everything else, Jeremy. Yeah, okay, so Mirror Universe. Uh, do you want me to read this bit? Yeah. Yeah, yes, <laughs> too good. Uh, the Ferengi of the Mirror Universe, for the most part, was seen as far more compassionate and less greedy than their counterparts in the Prime. So, did they not have a Grand Nagus glint? Did they not go through that transformational period? Well, maybe they were the opposite. Maybe they started out as being very greedy in the mirror universe. Very possibly. And then... I, I love it where it's like all the fringes have got killed off. I, I think that's one of my favourite bits in this information. <laughs> um, often paying for this compassion with their lives. Um, in each of the first three mirror universe episodes in DS9, as well as, the fifth, as, well as in the fifth such instalment, uh, a mirror Ferengi character is killed off, specifically Quark, Rom, Nog, and Brunt, respectively. Jeffrey Coombs observed none of the Ferengi from the Eternal Universe seem to survive. The the regularity with which the third oh sorry the regularity with which the mirror Ferengi were killed off was not entirely coincidental. In fact, the f- caused the third and fourth occasions of a Ferengi from the mirror universe being put to death. Um, Iris Stephen Burst said, "Well, we kill a Ferengi every time we go over there, so we have to kill Nog." Um, Similarly, Burr himself admitted that one motivation of the death of Brom was keeping our streak going. Yeah, so. Maybe so, maybe that's what happened, but yeah, it's very fascinating, isn't it? Hmm. Well, there you go, there's a time in the real universe up and over, because yep. I'm not as bothered about that bit. Whenever we do them, it's a no. bit late. Well, we know that um, Andrew Robinson never thought much of those episodes. He wasn't really keen on those, was he? I remember. 
Uh, it was still great in them anyway. Uh, philosophy. Yeah. Ferengi philosophy, the pursuit of profit and then at any cost was a guiding principle for all traditional Ferengi. The in, in, uh, invention of currency, currency, the concept of profit approximately 10,000 years ago, Ferengi philosophy began to evolve towards the pursuit of material wealth. This guiding principle became so basic to Ferengi that it was eventually coded into the rules of acquisition. Well, yeah, that's what we spent the last two episodes. Can't do it. Uh, right. Ethics? Yeah. Uh, greed, deceit, distrust, and opportunism were highly prized values among Ferengi, and all were represented within the rules. And which I find interesting is three of these values, as I say, greed, deceit, and distrust, were not, not prized by humanity. Well, what do you say? were at one point. We were at one point. Say 80s, though. Yeah. Um, the Ferengi belief in conducting all business dealings under the adversary cover emptor or buyer beware further reflected the pursuit of profit at all costs. Lovely bit of lesson there for you, Jamie. Yep. Though slavery of men, this is an interesting bit I noted, Dan, though slavery of men was unknown in Ferengi society, exploitation was the rule. Um, Going back to... Um association. Yeah, the form- formation of labour unions was forbidden, and indeed most Ferengi did not wish to e- extradicate exploitation. Eradicate, Jerry. sorry, eradicate exploitation to become the ex- ex- exploiters. The exploiters. God, my word is So I said here. So some men. So some men's um, <laughs> interesting point where some men were like kind of well, like put us in slaves, like the women were. So. And I said, were they kind of discarded if they didn't have the loans for business? And you kind of said they kind of were. It was kind of already kind of said they were, weren't they? They got... Pushed into they, Yeah. Well, that, that 10% other thing that you learn about in Ferengi society. Well, they were... You became an employee. Hmm. Effectively. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, let's see. If profit... Because you had all those men in Quark's bar, didn't you? Doing similar things. Yeah. Being like waiters and whatever. Waiters and yeah. Yeah. Um, see, if profit represented the ultimate goal to Ferengi, the loss of profit opportunity represented the ultimate punishment. Ferengi who broke the law could be punished for a loss of all property and assets. If the crime was deemed severe enough, the, Fer- the offending Ferengi's family could also suffer loss of profit opportunity and could even be sold into indentured servitude to repay their debts, both literal and philosophical. Yeah, that's very 19th century Britain, that one. Hmm. Work houses, because mm. that was brutal back then. Yeah. So you can Absolutely. imagine, can you imagine that on Frangina? Terrible conditions working in, probably long hours. I would imagine probably long hours as well. With literally probably litter if any breaks. I reckon there'd be no shade, no. so you'd be damp all day. Mm. Doing manual labour and those the things back then it was awful. It's like breaking up stone and it was going around in a hamster's wheel hmm. all these horrible things I can imagine some equivalent can you imagine what that'd be like on Ferengana yeah and particularly if the, as I said if the labour is outside as well like, I mean yes okay Ferengi are I imagine being the conditions they are they're used to the rain but I mean you want to get off indoors and dry off at some point don't you <laughs> um Let's see. The binding nature of contracts was considered a supreme law in Ferengi society and breaking a contract with a fellow Ferengi was a severe crime. Um, capital punishment was not unknown among Ferengi, but perhaps even more feared was the re- 
revocation of other English business license. Such an action prohibited other Ferengi from conducting business with the offender and virtually ostracised the Ferengi from his own society, leaving him with so few opportunities for true profit that death might be preferable. Uh, do you want to read the next bit or do you want me to carry no, on? No, I'll do it. Yep. Should capital punishment become necessary, such as going on strike, the preferred method is. Uh, Defenestration. Cool, thank you, Jerry. It's all right. From the top of the uh, Tower of Commerce, which should happen to be the tallest tower on the planet. Um, not only is 40 story uh, descent effective, but it also allows those in the sacred marketplace below opportunities to place wages where the condemnable land. <laughs> Charming. Regarding, uh, regard for profit above all else, including life, was also evident in Fringe attitude toward dealing in weapons and other military technology. Through the uh, galaxy abounded in weapons dealers, the Fringe had an improving attitude towards profession. Well, again, it's. Um, oh, now I need to dig that out. Uh, War is good for business? Yeah, those two. That's and pieces. Yeah, oh, there you go. 34, war is good for business, and 35, peace is good for business. There yeah. we go, that's all after. You do sit there going, why don't you just put one higher and one far down? So you'd put, like, hmm. war is good, and then, like, 34. And wouldn't you put, like... I know you, they probably went, hmm, peace is good for business, but, oh, war is good for business. So I know you kind of flip the coin, but surely you'd put, like, 34 or is... Hmm. Oh, no, I agree with you. But I think that's part of the joke, really. But where was I? Where was I? Um, similarly. Similarly, the Fringe attitude towards personal liberty was superseded by a desire for profit, despite, or perhaps because of never having endured slavery themselves, Fringe showed themselves willing to engage in slave trading and capturing of aliens for lab- slave labour, if possible. In accordance with their extreme crony. Uh, capitalist mindset Fringy records on the 20th century Earth scrub all street with reverence yeah I mean that's that's the thing that's the thing of how the uh, you know I said profit is 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 literally the guiding aspects of their society is interwoven every aspect of their lives and as you say they're willing to do anything to achieve profit even if it means you know getting into things like as you say catching like, like slave labour all that kind of stuff Rule Rexition number 21. Never place friendship above profit. Uh, Rule 23. Nothing is more important than than your health except for your money. Hmm. Never allow family to stand in your way of opportunity, which is number 6. I could go on because it's just filtered throughout. Oh, there you go. That's, That's telling. Rule 94. Ferengis and finances don't mix. Ferengis and... Females. Ah, yeah. Treat people in your debt like family, exploit them. That's one one eleven. So yeah, all those examples of the rules of acquisition kind of, you said, place profit above anything, above family. <laughs> above, you know, and and, and, they, and a lot of Ferengi are willing to do whatever it takes to earn profit. Even if it... If, if it you know, dealing in things that are illegal, or at least by what you know, by Ferengi, so Federation standards would be, because obviously, you know, Ferengi are different, different societies, so their, their values and etc. are different. Um, but yeah, 
Um, should we go on to religion? Yeah. Yeah. So the Ferengi culture em- emphasis, uh, emphasis upon profit and wealth extended to spirituality, leading to a fairly robust and detailed religious life, even if the central philosophy behind the religion was relatively simple. Ferengi spirituality flowed largely from the belief that the universe was bound to together in the great material continuum. A Ferengi who lived a good life, so who made profit and accumulated wealth, was said to navigate the great river of the continuum. They uh, were rewarded for their successes in interpreting the wants and needs of this life by positioning themselves for success in the next life. The Ferengi seems to draw a distinction between selfishness and greed, indicating that the accumulation of wealth serves a greater good and is therefore not selfish. This is likely the role of the great material continuum and may explain why such accumulation is rewarded in the afterlife. However, it may also be that the case that selfishness itself is itself is considered a moral virtue and the accumulation of wealth is rewarded in the afterlife precisely because of that. So effectively, probably the more wealth you gain, the more greedy you are, the better you're setting yourself up for the afterlife, effectively, isn't it? Um, so, I mean, does it? Oh, that's it, yeah. It mentions it there. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, you know, obviously, so obviously religion plays a very big aspect in guiding them as well, in terms of in terms of their values and, and earning profit, isn't it? Um, do you want to read the next bit or do you want me to carry on? You carry on, because yeah. I don't know where you got up to. I was looking at other stuff. That's all right. Uh, in the case in Ferengi, the mercantile belief in the finite but internal nature of material accumulation meant that you could take it with you. Upon death, a Ferengi found himself before the blessed exchequer to whom Ferengi prayed in life and was evaluated on the basis of the profit earned while alive. A successful Ferengi was allowed to bribe their way into the divine treasury where the wealth he had accumulated could be used to build on his next life under the supervision of the celestial auctioneers. An unsuccessful Ferengi might find himself cast into the vault of eternal destitution, never to return. Um, by the end of the Dominion War in 2375, over 40% of the population of Ferenganar no longer believed they had to buy their way into the Divine Treasury. And you see, that is interesting. I'm wondering why that is the case. Why the change? What 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 was the kind of... Well, there's a real world thing, isn't it? Why don't that many of us go to church anymore hmm. why do you think that is because our beliefs have changed or well, that'll probably be the same there then so do you or, I mean I'll put down here could it be due to the way Ferengi society was changing at that point yeah so obviously you know um, again it's Ishka yeah female references hmm. so it's hard to say hmm but that's just a bit that I found very, just very, very interesting. It's like, well, what, why has that changed suddenly? Why, you know? Um, the other thing as well, it does make me think. So, it, so a couple of times they use the phrase "in your next life." What did the Ferengi come in their supposed next life? Do they, are they still Ferengi? They... No, as you will see in my notes, show me it is effectively God and heaven and heaven and hell. Hmm. So it's them, their afterlife's effectively still. So they're still, they're still... Because that... if you remember in, 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 in the Green Men, isn't it? Oh, we're in Divine Treasury and we even see it in... 
So they still they still they don't like changing to like a because I know you've seen some cultures. You it's know, still they again st- it's Christianity with a kind of hint of profit just for just to make it sci-fi. So they don't change like another being or anything. It's just they still remain who they are effectively. It's just an extension. You of, just die and end up dying and living in a huge bank effectively. But still, it's yourself. It, it's yeah. very yeah Egyptian. Yeah. the way it was, was mm. kind of. Here's all your wealth. You're going to heaven and have it all. It will all be there for you. And I think maybe the war's biting a bit, and it's a bit like actually, I don't have that much money. Like I don't, I don't believe in it that as much these days. No, I just want, I just wonder because I know some cultures like you turn into a different being or you you're not. That's even, how I understood it. it was yeah, just kind yeah. Of I just, just wanted to know. So they still they are still who they are. They're just somewhere else, effectively. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, I think that's it. Uh, did you want to... Well, might as well, I suppose, go on to the government. There's then. death rituals. Oh, yes. Um, do, you want, do you want to read this? Maybe it might be worth going into some of the other... This sort of notes. There's a fun one I want to do about Independence Day. It's got nothing to do with what we've been on about, but I just want that's to right. talk about it because it's so fun. Um, and I think there was a bit on Little Green Men which might be fitting for what we're talking about. Because I do wonder if... How, how long are we on? On. I don't know. About 45. 45 minutes? Mm. Hey, wow, I thought we'd be longer. Okay, no. I think this might end up being two parts, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, so, okay, so. Uh, Frangi death ritual prohibited <clears throat> an autopsy from being formed on the deceased Frangi. However, it was accepted practice for a Frangi to auction off his vacuum desiccated remains after they're providing the opportunity for their beloved ones or enemies to own a piece of the Frangi after his passing. And as a final opportunity to raise cattle for the scene to be deceased, it's you're making the most of what you got, isn't it? It's kind of oh yeah, um, being a friend to last. Right. So, what did you? Because we'll probably talk a bit about the government, I think, as well, maybe. Yeah, because there's a whole bit on fringy alliance. So the bit I noticed, because while Jane was on about religion, religion yeah. Well, I got distracted because it's like... Why not? Because I could. You just need one of us looking through other stuff, don't you? Just oh, yeah, see definitely. What's about. Where is that now? <laughs> oh, there we go. This made a standout thing, and you'll never find it. Cause it's no, so I'm just going to I'm just gonna listen to what you're going to I'm going to let you do this bit. So, this is all about um, Little Green Men. And there's an awful lot on it a whole bit on it and maybe I'll read my bit and Jamie can read maybe some of the other stuff um where is it you on the right page yeah I'm on the right bit I'm just trying to work out where to start from no 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 okay so I'm jumping in here but it's other bit we can go into if we go and then we can kind of go oh this is where it leads into this bit Eisenberg and Arabeth Stephen uh, Arabeth joked that after the truth of the Ferengi oh god what the hell was that word uh, Ferengi triumvirate having actually been the purported Roswell aliens was exposed in deep space and the real identity of the extraterrestrials was again observed by the lies such subsequent productions as the 1996 film Independence Day I don't know what the hell fancy they were dealing with where are quote from Roman Nog uh, uh, jested 
while Eisenberg remarks, when I saw Independence Day and they were on the way to Roswell, I kept thinking, did I know that we were natural aliens? Reactions to the three depictions in this green man was positive. Schumann noted about himself and the, his fringy playing coasters. A lot of people have complimented us on it. I just thought it was funny, just kind of, they got it wrong. We were, like, <laughs> we were it, not, not whatever they said. So I thought that was a funny bit of information. I don't know whether we want to go back and say any of the other stuff. Uh, what you got? Um, About the song and whatnot, Jeeps and whatnot. Ah, oh, that's only a little bit of yeah, a quick read. Um, should I start out that bit? Yeah. yeah. In the right of Little Green Men, the idea of revealing that a group of Ferengi were behind natural historical reports, famously purporting alien visitation in Roswell of 1947, was thought up by freelance writers Tony Marbury and Jack Trevino. They didn't pitch much more than Quark, Rom and Nog are the Roswell aliens, recalled uh, Ira. Um... Rather than the task of preparing the episode being all fun and games, that all three actors invested a lot of effort on betraying their respective Ferengi roles, it's a trio, not a duet status human, and the three of us worked very hard on it. He also noted it was a great way of Star, Star Trek providing the possibilities that it wasn't Martians after all, it, it was Ferengi. Um, during the break, breaks from filming a scene in which a jeep carrying the Ferengi chair rounds a corner and drives towards the camera, Eisenberg invented a song about the Ferengi. Aaron started singing Free Ferengi in a Jeep and we are in trouble deep. We've got to get back to Deep Space Nine, 24th century. It's our time. <laughs> That's where I, That's where my bit begins. Yeah. I don't know whether you want to... Well, what, what you just read? Yeah. Well, do you want me to read it again? No. Okay. But yeah, that's where it yeah. melds into it. Should we, should we try singing it? No. Free Ferengi in a Free Ferengi in a Jeep and we are in trouble deep. We've got to get back to Dick Space. 924th century is our time. Kind of like, you and Phil always love singing before we were going. I mean, that could be that would actually be a cool little rap, actually, I think. No, Jamie. Yes, Simon. Anyway, yes, that's that. I don't want to suffer through that. Are you glad you, read, are you, are you glad you still read that a bit out now? Yeah. You're not regretting me doing trying to do the, the rap thing. <laughs> um, so what was the other bit you wanted to talk about? There was another bit you mentioned that you, you wanted to... Wasn't that it? Was that it? Yeah. Okay. Um, should we go on to talk about... Um... Whether we want to do any other stuff that's in here, because there's loads, Joe, that's that's the issue. Um, well, we could talk... Well, we kind of... I was thinking of going back to where we kind of were and just go on to talk a bit about their government. Because we've done like religion, we've done philosophies. I mean, the government is not a massive section anyway. So we talk a bit There's about. There's an awful lot of interesting stuff hidden in the extra notes, notes as well. It's whether you want to or not. Because like, because <laughs> I've labelled it, so I know what's in well, it. Yeah. I, not everything, because my god, there's tons of it. Because Jamie knows you can look at my notes. There's an awful lot highlighted. There's an awful lot that isn't highlighted. Because my god, if you remember originally. I got a no with this research because it just did never seem to end. So I, I got to this point and went, you know, I'm, I can't be bothered. But it's whether we do any of it more of what's mentioned in here because it's some of it is interesting. Mm. It does fit in with what we've been on about. So there's suffrage, there's fun bits, there's Ron Granagus and well, unless we do, unless we do that for do government and maybe do the extra bits for another episode, I don't, I don't mind. Sight, it's, in, it's entirely up to you. I mean, if you if you feel like you really want to talk about it, we can all. 
the Estonian government's going to take us long, but it's whether you, how much detail you want to put into it, Jeremy. I don't mind. I really don't mean. Because you sound as though I know you win enough these days. You sound like you don't want to do another third one. You feel like you've had your feel. Maybe, but at the same time, so if you really do want to talk about it, I don't mind. I honestly don't mind. If you want to do another episode at some point, either later in the year or even next year, where you want to talk about the extra bits, I really don't mind. I'm probably not that bothered. You sure? Yeah. All right. Um, should we talk a bit about the government then? And maybe just. Uh, do you want to do it from the Alliance notes, or are we doing it from this one, or a mix of the two? Could do a mix. They are kind of similar-ish. Could do a mix. But I've got two. notes in that one. I've got notes in this one. So. Yeah, it could do a mixture of both. So if we talk a bit about the government, maybe mention a couple of the sections that you you were going to go through that's in relation to that. Um, so the Ferengi Alliance was the main political body of the Ferengi. It was dedicated to the promotion of profit and commerce and was seen, overseen by Grand Nagus, who acted as both head of state and principal business leader. The Nagus power was Nagus's power was supported by both the Ferengi Bill of Opportunities as well as the rules of acquisition. Um, the Ferengi Commerce Authority, or FCA. What I kind of call, what I've put in the notes is Home Office. Yeah, effectively. Yeah. Um, uh, was an agency of the Alliance concerned with business practices and the enforcement of trade under the Ferengi Trade Bylaws and Ferengi Code. Agents of the FCA were known as liquidators and were governed by the Board of Liquidators. The FCA tightly regulated Ferengi business affairs in all industries and throughout the quadrant. Additional government institutions included the Ferengi Gaming Commission, the Ferengi Health Commission and the Ferengi Trade uh, Mission. Um, foreign Office. Yeah. Um, generally, the Ferengi, the, or the FA, stayed neutral in the Ferengi Alliance. Don't do that yeah. because you're going to get really confused. You're going to get confused. I know I mean, for a fact you're going to confuse them um, and you're going to confuse listeners. me. The FA, so it's Ferengi a, Alliance. So we've got the FCA, the FA, the FGC, the FHC, this is, again, this is and where the FTM. Well, just well, Ferengi Gaming Commission, Ferengi Health Commission, Ferengi Trade Commission. Maybe. Well, even say FA doesn't work. Ferengi Alliance. Who you want to say Ferengi Alliance? <laughs> okay. Generally, the Ferengi Alliance stayed neutral in the politics of the galaxy, since the Ferengi were solely interested in politics, profit, and making enemies diminish business opportunities. In the spirit of free enterprise, most Ferengi business ventures were made without the knowledge of the government. Which is kind of like, okay, shouldn't they kind of be glued in, but you know. Um, a number of hostile conflicts occurred between the Federation and Ferengi in the 2360s. However, the Ferengi alliance itself was not held responsible, despite the Ferengi being more distasteful than most according to Federation values. Ferengi starships therefore operate more like privately owned privateers, striking deals where they could and still in that phaser point where they couldn't. Quark once claimed the Ferengi had never fought an interstellar war. So, so the effective the, the FA or Ferengi Alliance were not responsible for the Federation conflict. So they more so the Ferengi it, were more like it's actors. Privateers, yeah, Jeremy, what but, they were saying. But wouldn't this give the Ferengi that bad reputation, though, wouldn't it? I mean, the own government's not even overseeing seeing this kind of thing. That's why they were called Yankee traders, Jamie. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the thing, the thing in my mind, that's the, you see, that's the thing. Every, like, every race had one, Jamie. That's the thing. Humans like. had genetic engineering. You go off over there. We're not doing anything honest. This is the thing, though. 
see this this is the thing right surely I mean yes I know there's like a vast galaxy out there for the Ferengi like, you know different species they can trade with or exploit but surely there comes a point of if you've got a bad reputation surely that is going to in in a way do the opposite effect it's, it's going to allow you to not earn as much profit not going to be as much opportunity because you've got a bad reputation attached no you pass the back it's, no, it's, no it's not us it's them yeah, but surely, even with the Ferengi, if, even if the government goes, oh, it's this, it's them, surely that gives, that gives the government a bad reputation because they're not even Did seeing their see? own... They're not even overseeing their own citizens, effectively. Okay, no, I'll put it this way, then. So, these ships are kind of out there on their own thing. How yeah. would you monitor what they're doing? Hmm. So, okay, so, what, do you have a ship follow another ship? Hmm. So, that ship's getting profit, but that one isn't? That yeah. makes no sense. Hmm. Do you have... A person on that ship from the government on there, but that doesn't work either because the person that goes on there can quite easily get bribed to do whatever the hell the person that's in command of that ship to report back whatever they want to hear to the government. So that doesn't work either. So you might as well just let them go off on their own thing. Hmm. You get money back from all the taxes and whatever. Yeah, maybe. I'm just, I'm just thinking in terms of the whole reputation thing. I think that just at some point you get a bad reputation where it's going to create less opportunities and means less profit. In some ways, they were damned if they do, they're damned if they didn't. Because I think it's a kind of catch-22 situation, isn't it? Yeah. Because if they're going to rip <coughs> someone off, you're going to go, don't trust them. Mm. It doesn't matter if they're kind of official or unofficial. Yeah. That don't matter, they're fringy. I don't trust them. Mm. So even if it is under the government banner, that don't matter. There's going to be a 40% tariff on it. We'd plus, be going, I'm not dealing with them again. Plus, plus you've got to also think with certain species that the Ferengi encountered, them trade that, that species, whoever they are, they might need those, they might need to trade with the Ferengi as a matter of necessity. Yes, but root dealings and black markets and whatnot, yes. Yeah, so it might be a case of. Let's look at all the other people you can go to. None of them are particularly trustworthy. You've got the Ryan Syndicate. Yeah, I wouldn't trust them on your life. You end up in a slave labour prison. No thanks. You're looking at kind of um, uh, Norsecans. No, no thanks. You can end up probably stabbed in the back. Hmm. Uh, Uridians. Uh, different kind of issue. You're going to have daisy security. Not particularly what I want either. And then you've got the frame you're going to get ripped off. Hmm. Choices, choices, choices. It's kind of what bad route do you want to go down to kind of get whatever you're after? And then there's all the other kind of pirateering groups where it's kind of a mix of all of those. Like, yeah. So, in some ways, you would go for the frame because actually you may get ripped off of some money, but you're going to get your profit, you're going to get your merchandise. Mm. And, and and some of these species, if it's necessity, they might not care how the Ferengi go about doing things or what their society is like. Yeah, that's not going to be your first concern, is it? No. So yeah, it's just, I just, it's just, like, it's just really quite interesting. But yeah, that that's the thing where you sit there and think it through, kind of mm. bare rotation. They're not going to get a good no. one in the first. It's not no. like. But that's the thing. Yeah, that's why we're going to get five stars anyhow just for turning up. It's going to be like you're going to be down to three or whatever getting going. Mm. To try going for the thing of all, and they're not going to trust them anyhow. No. no. But there you go. Um, and imagine it being built up over centuries. It kind of cumulative. 
So it follows them around, which is why I think by the time you get to Deep Space Nine, I think Zek's like, right, let's change this tune, let's change this. Again, let's go to Gamma Quadrant when no one knows of us. But that quickly failed because, again, it's like, well, we'll put a tariff on you. The whole... Well, that's... Oh, who was it? Um, Starship Down. Um, Carcana. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing as well. In, even without the own friendly society, they were denying themselves more profit. But as I said, with the whole not allowing females to earn profit, well, females make up about half your population. That's like that's like untapped potential there that you're missing out on to make profit. Oh, here we go. This is what I was, yeah. This is why it's good to go between the two, Jeremy. Gone. Despite a strong spirit of. I'm going to butcher French, but why not? We've done it to Latin and everything else. Laissez faire, which translates to allow to, regarding commerce, the alliance maintained numerous agencies to regulate fringy business and trade, though obscenity created to oversee fringy business practices and endure adherence to regulation. These agencies appeared to be constructed as much more of opportunities for graft, bribery, and corruption as any legitimate purpose. Ah. Let people do as they choose. Is what I've also got written down so, for some reason. Let's have a look. Um, it's in that. Yeah, it's, just, it's not many. So, I'm wondering then if the. Well, maybe maybe not so much the Fringe Alliance, but maybe like. Because I think the way I'm reading the way their government works, the FCA is kind of. is, is does, doesn't oversee the Fringe Alliance and vice versa. It's kind of its own thing, isn't it? I'm thinking it's like the EU. Yeah. It's that whole thing. It's in the background. It's telling you what the regulations are. Oh, you're giving up to tax people. But it's not sit there interfering every it's five not, minutes. No, no. So I'm wondering maybe if these these privateers, like I said, going out on their ships, I wonder if they more fall under maybe the FCA than really the Fringe Alliance. No, it's more they ignore all of that, Jeremy. They ignore just, ignore just all of it. So you don't pay any tax. You just... Mm. Proper black market. Because mm. this is the kind of... Yeah. Legalised black market risk kind of will go through the but I think that's kind of more mm. we want profit, we'll go out there and again it's the out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Yeah. I back, think backhand money deals. I really think it's safe to say of all these species that we've done so far, the government the way the governments are kind of structured or run is it's not really great, is it? <laughs> at least from a human perspective. No, but, look at Real world governments are all awful in <laughs> varying degrees, but it's, that's the thing, it's all very diff- difficult to make a perfect society. It doesn't oh, exist. No, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist, no. So, um, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it extends to fictional ones. Uh, um, but they all excel in their certain degrees and they all fail in other ways. Other ones. Yeah. Um, is there anything more you want to read out about the government? Health, or military. There is other stuff, Jeremy. Yeah, should we, should we move on from this government and talk a bit and do those last few bits? Yeah. Um, I think that's. I think that the health bit now. I think that's more in those notes than. Uh, than what I've got here. Well, it does touch them on the military stuff in here as well. Mm. Neutrality. And the politics you've kind of gone into. So we can do it, we can go back and forth between them. Well, don't it, mind. Because it does do foreign relations and neutrality, fleet, ranks, 
Yeah, should we should we should we just do these last bits and then I think maybe maybe end it there? Do you reckon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want me to do health then? Uh, yeah, because I don't know if I've, I've got I've got a bit on the I've got foreign relations. And then we can kind of mix between the two. Cause yeah. Can, and then end on military stuff, kind of thing. Yeah, because I've got I've got uh, foreign relations and military. So there's yeah. a very small bit on health. The Frangi Health Commission. I also health regulations in Frangi business and public life had the ability to revoke a federation's trade lines. So literally everyone could do it. The Frangi Gambling Commission regulated all gambling ventures within the lines. And that's that. Okay. Well, there we go. So that's more they existed. They existed, it was a thing. Next thing. Um, should we do about um, from relations? Yeah, and then neutrality and all that, yeah. Yeah. Um, generally, the Ferengi Alliance stayed. Oh no, hang on. Neutral tendencies? Yeah. Uh, oh, we up further. Is that any help? No, I'm just wondering if I've already read this bit or not. No, you read up to halfway. Oh, that's probably why. 2360s odd. Okay, right. Something like that. Yeah, sorry. Oh, we'll skip that. So the Ferengi Alliance has never actually fought in any last scout interstellar war. Yeah, you read that bit, but yeah. It was quite considered an accomplishment, which makes it morally superior to even the Federation. Yeah, we're roughly where we were. Yeah. Generally, when the Ferengi Alliance comes into conflict with another galactic power, they peacefully apply economic pressure using their considerable financial resources, raising or lowering trade restrictions, etc., until they can force the other power to agree to a peace treaty at a table, preferably one in the Ferengi Alliance's favour. Um, they remained uh, maintained official neutrality during the Dominion War, though it believed its natural business interests to lie with the Alpha Quadrant powers. Similarly, during the occupation of Bajor, the Ferengi took no size and traded equally with the Cardassians and the Bajorans. The official practice of neutrality, however, did not guarantee the Alliance's favourable relations with all races. The Klingons were known to despise Serengi in almost all circumstances, despite no history of bad relations between the two governments. However, even as a neutral power, the economic might of the Ferengi alliance gave them significant influence in the galaxy. You have no idea which blood spread yep. off to you. No. Um, I think it might be. Um, okay. I thought it would be next section there. Yeah. Yeah, I've got no idea what... Oh, okay. At least that's in the other notes. You carry read enough. Mm. Uh, that, that's it for the foreign relations. That was, that's all, that's, at least for these notes here. Um, didn't you say there was a couple of other bits you wanted to talk about? I have no idea what that notes were, Jeremy. I don't know if it's unless it's in the other ones. He said he didn't, no, didn't have this one. No, maybe it's not. I don't know then. I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure, to be honest. Yeah, I think it, yeah, okay, yeah. I think it's that bit, isn't it? These are the notes. Do yeah. you know how that's happening? Yeah, yeah, that is in the notes. Yeah, 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 that is, yeah. <laughs> I don't know either, but it's, it's, we got it, we got that. Um, so you merged them. Possibly. Which is a bit weird. Yeah. Uh, right. As I say, Aaron, notes are very peculiar. Okay, so what you... Okay, oh, right, okay, I'm with you now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. It took a bit of uh, trying to sort that out. So... Because there is a bit more on neutrality. Yeah, do you want to talk a bit... We can talk a bit more about that. That's absolutely fine. It's all that bit. Yeah. 
We'll talk about that bit and then... Because um, that also works into the fleet bit. So if you read the fleet bit from here... Yeah. Once I've finished this bit, because it does go into it... Okay, yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Just so we're on similarly the right page. So yeah. We've got <laughs> a bit confused. So you touch on that bit once I start finish this bit. Or the military bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, where am I? Where am I going? Okay, the neutral tendencies of Fringy and their government revenant in the 34th and 35th Force Exhibition, war and obviously peace is good for business. Counterintuitively, this neutral status often enhanced the influence of Fringy Alliance in the galaxy. By positioning themselves as interested only in commerce, not only did Fringy manage to avoid being embroiled in large conflicts, such as the Dominion War, they also made themselves available as intermediaries. Friendly trade representatives often accompanied other governments on diplomatic missions where trade negotiations might serve to open the door to more extensive relations between trade partners who might otherwise have difficulty doing business between oh, because of the political climate. So, beginning of season three. Yeah. Of Deep Space Nine, wasn't it? The search. Yeah, the search. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, I didn't remember. Um, keeping with their neutral tradition, the Ferengi did not maintain a standing military force and were often uh, generally considered ineffectual in most military matters. However, the role of Daemon in Ferengi commerce was a quasi military rank, and therefore, Alliance did provide the use of starships, mostly the Takura class marauders, for the purpose of. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, well done. Exploration and in some cases defensive business in business interests. Thank you, Jamie. It's all right. Um, so that obviously brings us quite nicely onto the military. Um, the Ferengi Alliance maintained what was essentially a quasi-military force that consisted mostly of the Cora class marauder craft. The military was used to protect the business venture of various. Uh, Ferengi and entrepreneurs not to wage war. A marauder was usually commanded by a daemon who was authorised to open trade negotiations on behalf of the Alliance. Which is interesting, considering kind of a bit of a contradiction though, in a way. Like, some of the daemons, like, they're acting on their own. It's like, yeah, but you're, you're opening the trade negotiations on behalf of... Anyway, uh, Ferengi ranks were... Indi- a con, Jamie. Yes. Ferengi ranks were... Indi- I'm, a, I'm above board and I'm really not, but... I need to look as I am. Ferengi ranks were indicated by insignia on the Ferengi uniform, but also by green, small green tattoos on this side, um, right side of the forehead. The Battle of Prexnak between the Ferengi and Latasians was the most important battle in Ferengi history. Because it's probably the only one they ever had. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, a similar operation was undertaken in 2374 between Ferengi and, and the Dominion, the only encounter the two powers had during the Dominion War. Still, the Grand Lagos was nevertheless kept up to date on the war efforts by Starfleet through their intelligence reports. Um, in 2375, uh, it sent Quark on a fact-finding mission to the front lines, specifically the Chintoka system aboard the USS Defiant. Chintaka. Chintaka, thank you. However, according to Quark, if the Federation had listened to their Ferengi Alliance, there never would have been a war, as they would have reached an accommodation. We would have sat across the negotiation table and hammered out a peace treaty, one that both sides could live with. Quoting um, the 125th War of Acquisitions justify such reasons, you can't make a deal if you're dead. Um, I don't need to read that bit. Um, but I think what's interesting is the fact, as you say, I think you mentioned in your notes, there weren't much 
in terms of the military prowess. Well, it kind of makes sense. Um, um, it's worth reading a bit further on. Ferengi have never advanced. Much beyond stick figures. Though Ferengi love to crush their opponents across the negotiating table, the thought of disemboweling, disemboweling someone, or even worse, being disemboweled, leaves the valiant songs of Ferengi and feeling a little queasy. So it's no surprise that the Ferengi armed forces, which rely entirely on volunteers, have always had trouble keeping their backs at full strength. In fact, it was nearly impossible to get a young Ferengi male to put on the uniform. Which, as you know, makes sense. If they've not had much, if they've not been involved with Riley in any conflicts, you're not really going to have much need of a military. Can I have another ship rant? Because I think there's a certain degree where I'm going to go down that I'm going to sound like a broken record again. Go on quickly. I reckon you might even work out what I'm going to say. Well, that's to do with the Ferengi ships, I'm assuming. Ferengi, yes, it's a Ferengi message. Yeah. Okay, so they don't have a military. They rely upon volunteers. And the general gist is they're reliant on Dakura Rorda-class starships, right? Yeah. You've come across them, haven't you? Well, yes, sir, because I've watched TNG. Well, you a bit of bridge commander. For a bridge, bridge commander, yeah. <laughs> I bit I've come across for really broader ships, yeah. Go on. You know, they're kind of well armed, but they're not the best, but they're not the worst. Well, wasn't didn't did wasn't it kind of like the the in um, the last outpost? And they say like the Enterprise kind of matches the Ferengi Marauders, isn't it? Kind of like. Equal in I terms kind of, of feel like the Marauder class starship is kind of the same. They're doing, they're doing the same as the bloody. as every other species. We've got the ship and we're using that ship. Hmm. Okay, um, not gonna build any warships or anything. We're just gonna use these kind of cruisers just to yeah. do it. That's it. Go, that, for God's sake. Like, that's what always struck us with, with the Cardassians. That they use the same old, the same, um, was it uh, the Kelvin? Um, no, the Galore. Galore, that's the, it. The, the Kelvin galore. was the more advanced one. Yeah. It had a few more tricks to it. But yeah. They use the same ones always. Because it doesn't matter so much with the Kling. Klingons have no issue with They make sense. Their fleet makes sense. Uh, Romulans, I can forgive. They're fine. The yeah. Warbirds are great, and then they had a few different ships. Kardashians never got. I really never got the free. Nah. Never got the uh, Kardashians. Never made any sense. None of their ships have any performance at all. Uh, and they still stuck to. Done. And they still stuck to the same one after God knows how many years, despite all the conflicts they've been involved. And you in. look at the Frankie, and you look at yeah. how. I say how well well armed they are. Yeah, they're, they're good, but they're not great. Mm. Again, I'm going via bridge commander, but you get a good sense from it. They had like a disruptor. They had a hidden torpedo launcher. You know the bit at the top. Mm. I'm not sure whether you see it in uh, Last Outpost. I think you do. I think you do. It does yeah. get lifted up. Mm. You have a hidden torpedo launcher, and you have, I think, a phaser beam on the bottom. That's it. But it has a very weak hull, it has very weak shields. So no wonder they didn't get in any military military um, um, combat yeah. at all. Because if you come across anything mildly strong, you're screwed. You get disabled. Yeah. And they never invested in warships. No. So, and no one, you know. Which is weird, knowing all the black mark. You wouldn't. 
All the ships have yeah. black market additions to Maybe. them. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, like bits and pieces of other ships, kind of. I mean, like augmented individual mm. bits well, of weaponry on them. Yeah, I mean, you know, but that's the thing. It does kind of make sense, you know, because obviously, if for, 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 for the Ferengi, if there's another way to earn profit, it doesn't involve like going to war or conflict. They're gonna try. They're gonna try another way. But, oh, for God's yeah. sake, another species of another crack ship. Like, how long until we find someone that actually I can sit there and go, actually, I, their ships are actually decent? I don't um, think I've really found many. Um, Klingons? There's Klingons. <laughs> probably old Vulcans, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But new Vulcans, no. You have those horrible... Yeah, you know. Yeah, I was going to say the twenty uh, second century Vulcans. Their ships were blipping good for their time, weren't they? Really good for their time. Well, yeah, they threw them all away. Huh? They threw them all away. Well, that's what happens when you do a prequel after everything else. But that's a different. That's a different thing. Uh, um, is there? Oh, yeah. Sorry, it's another <laughs> ship where you just go what? But again, my whole point is if you're dealing in the black market surely you want a really good defensive system and you want a really good offensive system yeah. not a kind of middle of the road Yeah, that, that's my point you see it, it, it does make you think doesn't it you see this is the interesting thing so the, the Ferengi are talking about they never end up in any uh, like open conflict but if their ship got disabled so quickly well, well they probably were in plenty of battles but nothing really happened because they were disabled so quickly but again, this is where you can skirt around because it's all these skirmishes between pirateers. Yeah. And if you remember every encounter in Next Gen, at least, where it was a bit like, oh no, they don't represent the Frangu Alliance. No. So they could rid themselves of it. And, and, and actually say, actually, we were never involved in any exactly. conflicts at all. Exactly. They're just these school skirmishes, but because they probably were disabled so quickly, the species they were in battle with probably didn't think they were worth it or whatever and just went oh well you know we just said so you, there's that's a it. certain degree of Bending writing your own history yeah sort of yeah so, definitely yeah mm. but that's what I don't get no. like, you have these mediocre ships mm. but if you're trying to so as you said if you're in a situation where you know you're going to be like black market you know you're going to be coming up you, you know making deals with people that are as scrupulous as you, surely you know, it, it, it's highly likely to try so you're going to end up in conflict with them. At least, you know, because you're not doing it for official channels. And in hindsight, it does look like I am sitting there every, every time we do this, I do sit there and go, well, why aren't, why aren't we having this more militarised fleets here, there and everywhere? But I just want something where it's a bit more... Because that's the thing, every, I watch all these shows online and all these YouTube videos and it is just kind of... You want a realistic fleet, yeah. And having a monoculture with just one vessel, it's just a bit dull. But again, is that nineties Trek for you or anything? But it, you do just sit there and go, "Hang on a minute!" Like mm. you would have beefy ships, you would have. Mm. But who knows? I mean, maybe maybe they used to. Who knows? I mean, that could, again, we don't know much about Ferengi history before they become, you know, captains. Maybe their ships were a lot better. Maybe the ships were were better. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? They bought warp drive. Remember, that's the thing. So that's when the rules of action oh. came into being. So but, before that, I reckon mm. they were just some wholesome mm. 
thing no, on this, I'm, on this I'm, blue rock. I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up, Sai, because that's a very that's a very Again, interesting you can, point. You can gleam a lot from starships and I bang on about them all the bloody time and oh just wait until next week oh just wait until the next one because oh that's going to be a long one but I'm going to enjoy it but yeah you can tell a, sh- a lot from ships yeah. you really can because they my god they annoy me and I say if you listen to more than the money oh they annoy me more than anything maybe we, I, I do think we need to go back to some of those first ones we ever did because I think we got those so wrong. Yeah. We got them so wrong back then. Mm. And I think we could probably get a nice wedge out of Vulcans. I need to really work out where the cut-off point is where we started actually doing... Analysis. Well, we had thoughts, yeah. Well, we had an- Would you say probably Romulans? It's probably the first three or four, yeah. We need to read down, yeah. Possibly, because... Mm. But it's something we can look into. Um, because, yeah, I think... Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just starships, you can gleam an <sighs> awful lot from them. Not much information. Then, for all the research, you do just sit there going, they should have been better armed and better... I don't know, I'm, I'm sucking leaf again. But yeah, but, but, but they're armed and definitely upgrades. But, yeah, um, I think... I mean, is that done, done? I think so, yeah. I think we've done brilliantly with that. I don't know how long the episode is, but I think we've. Um... Uh, I think Brown now fifteen roughly. Yeah. Yeah. So really? No, about now twenty-two by the looks of it. Yeah. Um. Me. That ends. That ends Simon's starship rant. <laughs> I seem to always do it. That's all right, point, but, but, but no, it's like you, each instance you brought up good points, and this one's no different. And I, I definitely agree with you. You're thinking about it, it's like what? Because um, yeah. I think that's with the Colossians, it was more kind of they're kind of the tie fighters, where it's kind of you had a million other damn things, and yeah. they were here, then everyone, they were just a bit crap. Hmm. But I think with the Frangi Alliance, it was kind of less is more but they still weren't they weren't I think they got into slump mm. I think they got to a point probably just for next gen where they were the dominant thing they were coming across crap species and their crap ships it's like mm. there you go we can beat them with like a, a pinky finger yeah and then they came across the federation in 20, 2360s isn't it I yeah think. mid-2360s and it's a bit like oh crap we've been outdone now but no one ever went again that's the thing there were no engineers there were no scientists there were no this no. thing starship engineers they could sit there and go we need a new ship we need a yeah because they, they were solely they were solely um, concerned with earning profit and being businessmen so they took their eyes off the offensive and defensive and yeah. just stuck to what they had yeah but hasn't every other race we've ever spoken about just done the same thing it's a bit like yeah, the, the, the ships will do the, the ships will do but what they won't oh it's just a simple, oh never mind or it's just a simple case of you know Star Trek you know creators just saving money so you know we can't keep yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but, <laughs> no no it's, it's interesting I, but I'm, that's the thing it took the Romans Nemesis before they got a new ship yeah you know with the Valdor whatever the hell it's called I can never remember with the Valdor it took them that long what year was that 20 2372 
two-ish? Wamrians. Nemesis. Jund Mini Moor. Wasn't it? 76. So it'd probably be early to mid-2370s, yeah, at least. So like 10 years before they... Well, they actually had more birds, Hmm. but before they got the Varadour. I don't. Hmm. Stop me, Jamie. End it, Jamie. Anyway. Because I'll keep going on and... Well, you guys hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, this is this is our can we next year next week. You you, you carry on. Um, we hope you enjoyed uh, a buff part two and our final part of the Ferengi. We did a great job, I think, in this one. We covered even more, I think. Um, and this is this is this sort of stuff we maybe could have talked about other extra bits, but you have no idea. Um, but check them out yourself, Memory Alpha. You'll find you'll find all the notes on there. That's where we we've gleaned them from. Uh, but yeah, our next episode will be ranking all the enterprises. Yeah, my birthday episode. Yeah, our favourite one. So we'll be talking about well, well, fifteen, fifteen, 15. Of them. 15 and we'll be exists. talking about well, why we've put them in that order. I think was it ranking them out of fifteen? Yeah, no, oh, percentage. Oh, ten out of ten. Out of ten. Yeah, simple-minded Jamie here. Yeah. So how did that work? We be like. Well, I've got like, like the first three will be like 10 out of 10 or something and then goes down however you want it to be no. maybe I'll just pick my favourites and say why and that'll be enough I might, maybe I'll rate them who knows anyway but that's uh, that's uh, Simon's birthday episode yes So not that I'm dipping at that well again no. not that I've spent the last 10 minutes talking about yeah. ships I still need to get my <laughs> I still haven't I'll get up on top of my head I know what's at the bomb and I know what's definitely going to be at the top so it's just the middle bit now which is probably going to be the hardest bit but anyway we hope you guys have enjoyed listening to this episode and we'll be back with Simon's Ranking the Enterprises birthday episode soon take care guys bye bye